When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of AMA Live. I'm your host, Tom Bilyeu, and I'm gonna vamp a little bit to give you guys time to join me. So welcome, happy Friday, everybody. I hope that you guys are gonna do something amazing to move yourselves forward in your goals this weekend. Um, I know I certainly am. So without any more ado, here we go. Into our first question, this is from Jack via the Connect inbox. Hi, Tom. You are clearly a very confident person now, but if I remember correctly, you've struggled with confidence and anxiety in the past. In your experience, what is the best way to grow confidence? I'm someone who struggles with low confidence, particularly in social situations. Okay, this is one of those things. I really like talking about this subject because the platitudes that people are going to give you um, actually are true and there's some power to them, um, which is, you know, if you act confident, you're going to feel confident that you've got to, you know, stand up and hold Hold your shoulders back and all of that stuff, the physical hooks into it, they're very effective and you should absolutely do them. But here's the part that people don't really talk about because it's complicated, but it is really the true thing that you're going to want to sink your teeth into. And that is that confidence comes from competence and you really have to get good at something. You've got to be impressed with yourself to be quite frank, if you want to develop confidence. The good news is it's a process. It is something that you can do step by step, that you can walk your way into feeling that confidence. But I think if you focus on getting good at something that matters to you, that really is one of the keys to confidence. The other is earning credibility with yourself, knowing that you're gonna put in the work, the time, and the energy to get good at something because the, the kernel, the amazing kernel of confidence that really begins to radiate out from somebody. And this is certainly what I did to um, grow more confident. It is not what I did to overcome anxiety, uh, which is a more complicated story. So I'm going to stay right now on confidence. What I did was really focus all of my time and attention on getting good at something that mattered to me and then earning con or earning uh, credibility with myself. And the way that I earned credibility with myself was through diet and exercise. The reason that I think these are incredibly powerful is it's something that you're doing every day and you're doing it multiple times a day in terms of diet and making those choices over and over and over that are choices that are congruent with what you said you were going to do, with what you want, that are going to help you reach your goals, that like it creates this really powerful alchemy within your own psychology about how you view yourself. And it doesn't hurt that you're actually improving your body image and your body, quite frankly, so that that sense of, I said I was going to do it, I have a goal, I'm doing that which moves me towards my goals, and I'm starting to feel better physiologically, and I'm looking better, which is making me feel better about myself, and I have this deep sense of control over my own behavior. Those things which you can really grapple with based on what you decide to eat and whether or not you show up in the gym like you said you were going to show up, it is 
It's insane how much that really does feed into your mentality, your confidence, your sense of self, and the sense of self-worth that comes from saying you're gonna do something and then doing it. It cannot be overstated how powerful that is, and it's completely universal. So do those two things. One, you're going to just start taking care of yourself in those small incremental ways that you can do every day to begin to earn the credibility to reinforce something positive in yourself of having um, a steadily improving body image, right? This is not about having an idealized body type. It's about knowing every day that you're making progress. You're set out to do something and you're doing it. And then the other is to gain competence in something that you really care about. And if you're getting extraordinary in something and you feel that you really have control over your actions through the diet and exercise we just talked about, you will be startled at how rapidly you begin to build your confidence. It's really pretty insane. Okay, next up, Wesley Butterfield. Did an increase in confidence improve your ability to get daily tasks done? Definitely. And part of the reason that this happens is your mind obsessively loops over things, especially if you're feeling down, you're feeling bad about something, your mind is gonna return to it over and over and over. The way that you do if you have a splinter, you just can't help but touch that fucking splinter. It's crazy. Your mind does the same thing. You're just gonna loop over and over and over on that thing that you're feeling negative about, especially if it's about yourself. And so if you're able to break out of that by beginning to earn credibility and build your confidence through competence, you're gonna find that you just spend less and less time obsessing over that and you're able to begin to really execute against your dreams. Also, it frees up the mental energy to begin to get excited about something. I also find that people that are feeling good about themselves begin to plan for their future because they're excited. They believe that they can do something. They have that uplifting, optimistic um, sense about them. And because of that, they begin to pursue longer, bigger, more exciting goals, which then because they're excited, they're gonna just really focus take action and get those things done. So yes, I think that they lead into one another. All right, Harry B, where does overconfidence start? Um, I don't really know that overconfidence is a thing. I think that arrogance is a thing and I think that insecurity is a thing. And I think that arrogance and insecurity are tied and they lead to the affectations of overconfidence. But I think that the more you really learn about something, the more humbled you are by how much of that universe really exists. And it's pretty rare, like even taking just extraordinary cases, uh, Michael Jordan, um, an Einstein, uh, Lionel Messi, since we're in the middle of the World Cup. Those are people that work insanely hard. And if you listen to the rhetoric that they talk about, Einstein talking about the fact that he didn't think that he was smarter, certainly than his um, peers in intellect. He didn't think he was smarter than them. And the reason that he had accomplished more than them was he believed he just stayed with the problem longer, that he just focused on it longer, that he understood how brutally difficult it was. And he didn't beat himself up for not being smart enough to solve the problem. He focused on his excitement for that problem. So I think when people display affectations of being overconfident, where somebody from the outside would say, hey, this person, they're, they're arrogant, they're overconfident, um, they flew too close to the sun, whatever you wanna think about, that really comes from a place of 
insecurity, deep insecurity with themselves. They don't think that they're good enough. They're actually secretly worried that they're not as good as other people think they are. And so they overextend, they overreach, they overpromise. They're just going stupid crazy because they have to prove something to themselves. And because of that, I think that they they don't show the humility. They don't show the openness and willingness to learn. They aren't trying to figure out where they're wrong because they're actually afraid to see that because their ego is fragile. And so they don't want to know like, hey, where have I fucked this up? Where have I gone wrong? And I think that the people that are really confident, the ones that go on to do truly extraordinary things are people that actually have a growth mindset, not what Carol Dweck called a false growth mindset where you act like you have a growth mindset. You say that you want to learn, but then inside, in your gut, when somebody says, oh, actually, I have some constructive criticism for you. If you hear that and you want to shrink away and you're like, oh God, I wish that they weren't about to tell me this, you don't really have a growth mindset. If in that moment you get a little bit excited because you're like, whoa, I've gotten this far without this piece of knowledge that they're about to give me, imagine how much farther I can get if they tell me this piece of information and they're right. I hope they're right about how I'm wrong. If you can train yourself into that position where you actually hope people point out an area that you're wrong, an area that you're weak, somewhere that you're inadequate so that you can get more powerful, then you've really got something. And so true confidence does not feed into overconfidence. True confidence feeds into humility. Jose Martinez. The more I make progress, the more I fear I feel, the more fear I feel. Why is that? I'm the best shape of my life, but I feel more stressed and anxious now that I'm awake before I played video games and I was sleepwalking. I don't quite understand that last part. Uh, The more progress I make, the more fear I feel. Okay, so some of this is probably, this is one of those moments where I really wish we were sitting together so I could ask you a lot of questions. So I'm definitely going off of an incomplete amount of information but follow my logic. So I think that as people, um, is if they're getting better and the fear is increasing, it's partly because you're thinking that you wanna look cool, you're worried about what other think. Um, so fear of other people's opinions, FOPO. Who was it that said that? They were just on the show. Who? Michael Gervais, my man, thank you. So Michael Gervais was just talking about this, um, fear of other people's opinions. He said that that is the thing that really crushes people. And I think that he's absolutely correct. It's probably the most devastating thing happening in a modern society where you don't have to worry about being eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. People just start obsessing about what other people think of them. And I'm gonna guess that that's exactly what that fear is tied to. You start getting better, you're putting yourself out there more, there's some stakes to it now because you believe in your ability, you wanna be great, you've dared to let yourself believe, maybe I could be one of the greats. And as you begin to believe more about yourself and really put yourself out there and other people are looking at you like, whoa, man, you're really cool. Then you wanna be cool. And then you start really worrying about what other people think. Instead of that like early hunger that you have where you think you're dumb, you think you're not good at something, but you're really excited about it. And so it's like, hey, it's okay. I'm at the beginning of my journey. I just wanna figure this out. And I'm just gonna really dive in because I love this thing. But then as you begin to grow and get better, that fear of what other people think creeps in, that desire to hold on to how far you've come, that you really do start to feel cool yourself. You think, wow, man, I've really come a long way. And because you have that sense of, hey, I actually am kind of cool, then it's like, whoa, I don't want to go backwards. I don't want to go back to feeling the way that I was feeling. And I want to make sure that I hold on to any accolades that I'm getting from other people. And that 
is the trap of the expert. And so you have to be really careful not to fall into that trap. You've got to stay that same hungry just to get better vibe that you had in the beginning as you get better and better and better and better. And that's really the only way to continue to reinvent yourself is to at all times be willing to look stupid, at all times to not worry about what other people think about yourself, and at all times to build your sense of pride and self-esteem on your willingness to try something, to experiment, to look stupid, to fail, and to just always be focused on growing and getting better. If you can do that, then I think you'll break the bondage that fear has on you. Jessica N. Any ideas on how to get your 11-year-old child to have confidence in herself and not let her friend's words have so much power over her feelings? Yes, but now I'm going to say, I do not have children, so I want to be abundantly clear that follow the logic about, of, of what I'm about to say versus taking me uh, you know, at face value because I don't have kids. Okay, this is the logic that I have. Going back to what really is the just absolute bedrock foundation of confidence, it is knowing in yourself that you have control over your behavior and that you actually are good at something. And so telling your kid, hey, look, don't worry about what other people think. You need to like know who you are. You need to be very comfortable in that and you can't let other people influence you. Just coming out and saying it, I think is very helpful and it lays that foundation of giving them the codified beliefs, meaning things they can repeat in their own mind. You're gonna give them those codified beliefs of don't allow yourself to be shaped by other people. Know who you are, who you wanna become. Be steered by that, something that excites you, not letting peer pressure hurt you, okay? I think that's good and saying that and giving them those codified beliefs is very useful. But then after that, you've got to figure out what is it that they want to do and become and help them actually get good at that. Help them take their love for something and really dive into it and really explore and not be afraid to make mistakes and understand how that process works. But as they dive into it and as they see that they're really getting better, that over time they're actually improving and they begin to equate effort with improvement, then that's what's gonna sweep them up into having confidence in themselves because people are gonna come after them for something usually that's real. They're gonna tease them for something that's real, something that they're sensitive about. So you've gotta help them understand how by putting effort into something that they actually can get better at it, they can improve on that thing, and to derive their value from that, the willingness to pursue improvement. Okay? The willingness to pursue improvement should be the thing that they get their sense of value and pride from. And when they get that, they, they will still love that thing that they're pursuing because if you're only telling them that they're only good and that the value only comes from being great, having attained something, it becomes that trap, it becomes that thing of fear where they just want people to think that they're cool. But if instead you're investing in the growth mindset, you're showing them how neat it is, how awesome it feels to actually get better at something. I, I literally can't think of a more intoxicating feeling than going, yesterday I wasn't able to do this thing and now today I'm actually able to do it. I'm better at it. I've improved. And seeing that link between effort and reward is, is just amazing. And so getting them to really focus on that, then when somebody criticizes them, they can say, hey, I'm really not good at that yet. And that introduction of the word yet is the single most empowering word in the English language. I'm not good at that yet. And so then they can decide, do I wanna take on the criticism that somebody's giving me? Because, hey, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm not good at baseball, basketball, tennis, drawing, writing, um, school, math, whatever it is that they're being um, harangued for. I'm not good at that thing yet, but I'm going to get good at that thing. And then if 
the much more terrifying thing, and I always like to make questions hard, if they're making fun of them for the way that they look, that's where this gets really dangerous and somebody can get into a horrifying cycle. And that's where you've got to, one, give them the codified beliefs that the look of something is bordering on irrelevant and that there are people that don't fit into the traditional standards of beauty that have done some of the most extraordinary things in the world. In fact, most of the world's most accomplished people were not exactly the best looking people ever. And so getting them to focus on something where it's that internal journey of love and finding something that they enjoy and building that into a real fascination and then through the process of gaining mastery over it, turning it into a real passion and focusing on that and going deep, I think that's really, really um, the path to take. And then if the um, what you're talking about is turning into bullying, then that gets into a whole nother thing. Um, and I won't derail us in that because it's not actually what you asked. But that, that is the path that I would walk. That's the logic that I would follow um, if I were trying to help an 11-year-old. All right, The Entrepreneur's Journey asks, can you have certainty in being uncertain? The more I learn, the more I feel like you can never be certain of anything. Doesn't confidence come from certainty? You want to talk about asking a very amazing and complicated, nuanced question. That's the one. But now we're going to get into the advanced class. So come on for anybody that wants to go into the advanced class. So here's what that looks like. Okay, so the more that you learn about a topic, for sure, the more you're going to realize, oh my God, every, every piece of information I learn, I realize there are 10 that I don't know. So it, it exponentially blossoms in front of you in terms of the breadth of anything. I'm talking even calligraphy, man. Something like it seems so simple, you will realize that even that topic will mushroom and mushroom and mushroom. So if you're taking on something with even a slight degree more complexity, that will just mushroom a thousandfold and then so on and so forth as you get more and more complicated. The thing is that becomes really beautiful when what you want to do is dive into something that gives you more energy than it takes. Okay, So when you're, let's take computer programming, which is a, like one of those things that is so immeasurably complicated for somebody with my um, current skill set that it just seems like, oh my God, that's so overwhelming. But when you see somebody who really loves it and they begin diving in and they learn one language and then that leads to another and they see what they can build with that and then they begin to add things on top of it and you see that level of excitement grow as they're building things that they really care about and they realize, wow, I'm never going to run out of things to learn about in this. And there's excitement in that. When you really cultivate that love in your life for something and it becomes like that central driving force of of just your passion. It's that engine that wakes you up in the morning. It's the thing that keeps you up at night because you're so excited. You've cultivated that energy, your love for that thing. When you think that that might one day run out, that's when it gets scary. But when you realize, whoa, the more I learn, the bigger it gets, that's actually great. And you want to feed into that belief that I want this to be infinite. I want it to grow ever exponentially before me. I never want to hit the confines of this arena of knowledge. I actually want it to be that big. So then it's, it's encouraging as you get into that. Now, the reason that this question is so complicated is when you're talking about other people and leadership, People are intoxicated by your certainty. And this is one of those secrets of leadership that nobody really wants to talk about. But even in your moments of the most paralyzing doubt, the most powerful thing you can do in those moments is act as if you are certain. Man, I can't tell you how many times I'm going down a road at a thousand miles an hour and I'm thinking, are we going in the right direction? But I know 
that that data stream of taking action is the most information rich data stream possible. So being paralyzed and not moving gives me zero data. Whereas moving, even if I'm unsure, moving a thousand miles an hour in that direction, even if what I learn is that was the wrong direction, you are far better off doing that because the knowledge you will gain in coming to recognize that you're moving in the wrong direction is so powerful that it then lets you adjust course and begin moving in the right direction with, again, that same degree of certainty. And now you're getting more information and you're stacking that knowledge and now you're able to go in the real right direction and begin to actually build the thing that you want to build. But it started from acting as if you were certain so that you never sit in a zero-sum data stream. That's the important part. Never let yourself be in a zero-sum data stream. You've got to get moving. And to move, you've got to act with certainty, even in the face of doubt. So that's where this gets complicated because I'm sure you've heard people say before, you've got to act with certainty, 100%. But don't confuse that with the growing awareness of how little you really know of the sum totality of a subject because there's beauty in that. And then just get yourself moving even in those times of uncertainty, maybe most importantly in those times of uncertainty because movement, action, decisions, those are the things that give you the information that you need in order to get back on course and go in the right way. But if you're just standing there, you're never going to go anywhere. So when people say, I'd rather stand still than you know, go in the wrong direction and only find myself further away from my goal. If you are moving, if you are moving, you will never get farther away from your goal because you're going to be learning something. The farthest away you will ever be from your goal is whenever you're standing still. That's some good shit, man. <laughs> Hashtag clip. Like that, even like forcing myself to say that out loud concretizes why I always force myself to move. So let that change your life because that's one of those things that is, it is the difference between people who end up succeeding and the ones that fail is they believe the false notion that you can somehow move in the opposite direction of your goals by taking action. And it's just not true. Even if you're falling on your face, you're learning something. All right. Maram Alasmi, me somewhere in that neighborhood. How do I maintain being confident in an environment that is somewhat negative? They don't believe that my vision, goals, and dreams are achievable and I'm wasting my time. How do I stand and ignore the criticism? All right, here's what I did because, man, I've gotten this all the time and my father-in-law, God bless him, I love this man more than you can imagine. He is kind and generous beyond all imagining. But he assumed I was going to fail. And unlike my mother who assumed I was going to fail, but she did it silently and cheered me along the whole way, my father-in-law just told me that's not going to work. In those moments, I didn't fight back. I said to myself, A, what if he's right? Not in that, oh, then I should stop and not move forward. What if he's right that my current plan of action isn't going to lead me where I want to go? I want to open myself up to that. I want to see, maybe he's right and he's about to empower me. Remember, a growth mindset, you're not thinking, oh God, I don't want to hear how what I'm doing is wrong. If what you're doing is wrong, you should be desperate to find that out as fast as possible because your pride is not built around being right. Your pride is built around being willing to identify the right answer, to accept that you're not yet right, so I wanted his information. Now, am I gonna get more information from him? If I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand, you don't get it, no, 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 that's not what I'm doing, or you're wrong about that, 
I'm obviously going to get less. That's going to shut him down, best case. Worst case, it makes us antagonistic, and now we're just fighting. And now it's about two people trying to be right rather than really trying to get to the right answer. So what I did was I would, maybe you're right, tell me more. I want to know about this. I, and, and like really, truly drinking that information in. My daughter is desperate. Um, drinking that information in so that you can really figure out what is true, what's going to lead you where you want to go. And when you are really, truly desperate for the actual answer, then all of a sudden your mode of behavior in a time like that becomes really clear. It is to seek more information. It is to open yourself up to them being right. Now let's really make this hard to answer. What if they're an antagonistic dickhead? What if they're really coming after you? They're making fun of you. They're, they are trying to belittle you even in those moments. I'm always going to be at a minimum silent and then I may actually try to engage with them. Tell me more about that. I don't quite understand what you mean by that. Like, I really want to understand this. Why do you think this is going to fail? You will, you will be startled how disarming it is and how all of the wind comes out of their sails when you're actually trying to find out if there's a piece of information in there that is truly usable. So do that because one, they're probably going to attack you on something real that's very important to understand. People rarely attack you with something that's total bullshit. They come after you for the thing where they really think they're gonna hurt you. And so in that may be really something that is true that you can use to your advantage. So seek that out, try to get that out of people, lower your defenses, don't let it hurt your self-esteem because you need to change what your self-esteem is based on and make sure that it's based on identifying the right answer. If you do that, suddenly that thing, that negative environment becomes really powerful because you don't care what they think about you, right? That's really important. You can't worry about whether they think you're a buffoon. You need to be collecting information that's going to allow you to succeed. All right, next up, aroma. If you are confident but too humble, how do you get yourself to pull the trigger on making big moves? Okay, so we're gonna have to really get clear on what we mean by confident and too humble. If by confident you mean you really do believe in your abilities and you've earned the right to believe in your abilities because you have real skills in that arena, okay, that's awesome confidence. If the too humble is you just don't present yourself, you don't put yourself forward uh, for whatever reason, social dynamics, um, I'm, I'm just gonna take a classic example. I don't know if you're male or female, but let's say that you're female. There's been a lot of amazing literature on this subject where culturally women have just been raised to um, be nurturing, to not put themselves too far forward. Um, if that's your problem, but you really do believe in your abilities and you have sort of um, just social behavior patterns that are holding you back and thus your behavior is too humble in the sense that you don't assert yourself, you don't put your ideas across, then it just becomes a matter of working through those behaviors, not being afraid to speak up, not um, couching your belief in what you think the company or whatever, just to make it specific, the company should be doing to move forward or to accomplish your goals, whatever. Um, instead of couching that in like all of this language, learning to be very direct, still respectful, but very direct, um, not hemming and hawing, not trying to soften the language, not worrying hey, if other people don't like your idea, fair enough and welcome their feedback, but don't try to argue against yourself or negotiate against yourself or try to make sure that nobody's upset by what you're saying. Just say it. Nice, simple, direct, clear, um, and then get over all those 
patterns of behavior. Now, if on the other hand, too humble is stand in for my confidence isn't real, it's bravado, it's affectations of confidence without the underlying, like I actually believe in my skill set and I believe in my ability to accurately assess a problem and to effectively execute the solution, um, then you just need to work on actually getting the skill set and getting to the point where you can see just through your actions and your track record that you're actually able to identify those problems and put into place um, very real solutions. Once you do that, then all of a sudden, um, I think that you'll find that the too humble, um, which is really just uh, an insecurity, anxiety, fear, and all of that begins to go away because it just crumbles in the face of competence. All right. Drawing Maniac Streben, Sturban. Drawing Maniac Sturban. Drawing Maniac. If you're a drawing maniac, by the way, I want to hear from you. So anybody out there, I'm putting together a creative room. Thank you for serving this up. Uh, I'm putting together a creative room. So we're looking for artists, including concept artists, um, a special leaning towards comic book artists and writers, and we'll even take screenwriters. You must be LA based. Um, but we're putting together a physical room to help us get our um, stories out there faster, which I'm very excited about. Our first comic is going swimmingly, by the way. I'm so excited. Right on the other side of this wall is an incredibly talented concept artist um, who is creating some amazing stuff for our first book. Super excited. All right, Drawing Maniac, thank you um, just for accidentally bringing that up. Uh, but by the way, if you're interested in that, hit me up on IG, send me your portfolio. All right. Uh, his question is, or her question, is what made you want to start building a comic book company? I didn't even read the question. Um, as an aspiring comic book artist, I am pretty curious about it. Okay, so, um, hey, let's get real controversial for a minute. So who's reading Jordan Peterson's new book, uh, which is called, I actually just started reading this today, and it is... What is it? Maps of Meaning. Yes, Chase, the resident book recommender. Uh, Maps of Meaning, super fucking interesting. And he's picking up where Joseph Campbell left off. And it was really Joseph Campbell and the power of myth that got me obsessed with the power of narrative in order to instruct in terms of how to live your life. So I believe that the way, the most powerful way to construct your belief system is by having um, stories, whether real or fictional, that show you the mindset that you need to adopt and make your own in order to live an extraordinary life. So because I believe that emotion is the greatest um, Trojan horse to get somebody to really internalize something, um, I just find that narrative is the, the and by that I mean visual storytelling, is the most powerful vehicle to get these stories across. Um, and I think that filmmaking is the ultimate visual medium, um, partly because it goes so far beyond just the visuals. And the traditional feeder into that is comic books. So movies are very expensive. Even at the low end, a ridiculously cheap movie is more expensive than the most expensive comic book. So I knew that we could make comic books fail a lot, figure out through iteration what actually resonates with people, and then we would take that and we would pitch that to Hollywood uh, as film and television. So, and I'm just a huge comic book fan as well, so that didn't hurt my feelings to be able to um, really dive deep into that world. So I think that as an art form, it is, it is profoundly transformative, um, and I'm speaking specifically of filmmaking here, but it's profoundly transformative in its ability to convey ideology. So um, modern myth-making 
is, and this is now I'm just stealing from Jordan Peterson, the bottom has fallen out of it. And that's what Joseph Campbell was talking about in The Power of Myth. And he was like, look, I think that people um, go on to have all kinds of societal problems because they no longer believe in the stories that they're telling themselves. They no longer believe in the rituals that they're going through. And because there's no... um, real rituals of transition, say from childhood to adulthood, from single life to married life, that that creates all these problems because there's no delineation and sense of self. So the more I thought about that, the more I thought that was really something that we're struggling with as a society that I think is uh, just a huge part of why so many people have a fixed mindset instead of a growth mindset. Um, And since I want to impart a growth mindset to as many people as humanly possible, the only way I could see to do that at scale was through storytelling. There it is. Reimagine reality. Hi, Tom. Any thoughts on parallel entrepreneurship? Assuming the departments and products reinforce one another, is it feasible or just an excuse for not picking one door and shutting the others? Okay, so I'd be a super big hypocrite if I said, yeah, you can't do that because I feel like I'm doing a parallel entrepreneur path right now between the social content that we create and my speaking and all of that and then the comic books, film, and TV that we're doing. But I will say it literally keeps me up at night. I am super paranoid at all times that they be reinforcing each other and I'm constantly like checking because they don't just automatically reinforce the audience that I'm building over here on the social side. All of you joining me are not the same people that are gonna go buy the comic and many of you will buy the comic because you just wanna support me, which by the way, I'm grateful for, um, but is not my ideal. And so I would much rather make products that people just, they want for that thing. They want to read that comic. They want to go see that movie. Um, And that it has nothing to do with supporting me as a person because that just doesn't scale. So getting people obsessed with something in and of itself with no sense or care of who's behind it, that's really our ultimate aim. So I am aware that there there are two complimentary things and I get a lot of attention um, from like Hollywood agencies and stuff like that because of what I'm doing on the social side and that's incredibly helpful but I know ultimately what we're doing over here has to stand alone so I am way conflicted and if you're doing a parallel path you should be way conflicted you should be very paranoid you should be constantly checking yourself like am I really allocating my time to where I need to because these don't like automatically come together. And so you can very much begin splitting your efforts. I'm super paranoid about it. You should worry about it too. And now I'll just start looping because of my degree of paranoia. I wanna keep saying it over and over and over, but that doesn't serve anybody. All right, Uh, Technos Media. Hey Tom, how can I reach the mindset of Gary V's of I don't give a shit about your opinion. It feels so hard to adopt. So first of all, it starts with just repeating that, right? I don't care about what other people think about me. You'll be surprised how simply saying something to yourself over and over and over and over begins to put it on your radar. It doesn't make it true, but it begins to put it on your radar. Now you'll begin to craft it to make sure that it actually is true. So you're going to be saying it 150 times a day. I don't, I don't care what other people think about me. And then somebody says something you're like, oh God, that stung. Now you're going to sit there and look at it and go, wait a second, that shouldn't sting because I'm not worried about what they're saying. But I actually do want to know, is what they said true? Because if it's true, then I can use that information and I can begin to really build out my skill set. And it's building out the skill set and developing the confidence and knowing that you really are good at that thing that allows you to begin to trust your instincts. And at that point, you're going to care less and less with every passing day about what people think. Now the irony comes, the irony comes, you stop caring about what people think when you're actually able to deliver what moves them. So think about Gary Vee. He's just a kid. He's working in his dad's liquor store and 
He is probably wildly unsure about whether his incredibly confident beliefs are real. And so he starts putting them to the test and they start working and he starts to gain confidence. It's in that process that he really stops giving a shit about people. And he had to take the, the step in the beginning though, even in uncertainty to say, it doesn't help me to be trapped by what everybody else thinks because that's gonna keep me where I already am. So you've got the sort of dogmatic belief of it won't serve me, even though it still stings, it won't serve me to care about what they're saying. I have to step outside of that. And then as you step outside of it, if you start to win, then it's going to reinforce that, hey, I really should trust my instincts. I should be humble. I should be willing to learn. But at the same time, I need to trust those instincts and they're winning and so now I feel more and more confident and I care less and less about what other people think. But even if you just have to take that first step based purely on accepting the reality, which is it does not make sense to allow people outside of myself to determine what I think of myself, what I think of my ideas, even before I get a chance to test them. Because something either works or it doesn't. It doesn't matter what people think. It either works or it doesn't. All right. That's the end. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. As always, I am insanely, insanely grateful. Thank you for all your questions. It means the absolute world to me. Um, if you haven't already, if you're here on YouTube but you haven't subscribed, please do subscribe. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, please do rate and review. That is insanely helpful. It, it means more than you know. So thank you guys so much. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.